You are welcome to Face to Faith Broadcast. Enjoy the dynamic teaching ministry of Pastor Tibby Peters, the President of Renaissance Assembly Incorporated. This message will take you from where you are to where you ought to be. Taking the message of faith around the world by the power of the Holy Spirit. We thank God for them. Hallelujah. Look at your neighbor and say welcome to church. Amen. Praise the Lord. And uh, if you said welcome without a smile, the welcome is not complete. So I want a complete welcome. So look at your neighbor and give them a full package welcome. So welcome. There are some people that nobody has smiled at for some time. Your smile will be the first or the only genuine smile they've got in a while. And when you sow seeds of smiles, you will reap a harvest of smiles. Amen. And I know that we'll not live here the same way we came. Today is um, a very wonderful day, and um, we're expecting to welcome our friends in church today. Hallelujah. How many of you have your friends in church already? Amen. God bless you. We're going to welcome our friends in a short while. But I just want to say a few things before we kick off the service or the message as, as should be. Praise the Lord. Today, our membership school students will be graduating. Amen. And uh, for four weeks or more, they have been going from one class to the other, and today they are graduating. If you are here and you've not done the membership school, I want to encourage you to join the next class and participate in the membership school program of the church. You could um, be someone attending services every Sunday. But what makes you a part of the house is that you have done the membership school. And the membership school, we have times we open and we have times we close. So the next time you hear we're kicking off, if you've not done membership class, please ensure that you do so. As a church, Renaissance Assembly, we're not responsible and we cannot be responsible for every believer in the world. We're responsible for those that have come under our cover. Hallelujah. And the only way we can prove, or should I say, the criteria to be part of this house 
is that you should have done the membership school program. And don't assume that if you are a believer in Christ, it means that you're a part of every local assembly. Well, God doesn't know it to be that way. And when people know things that God doesn't know, it's a problem. Hallelujah. The idea of having a church or a local assembly did not come from any human being. It came from God. And it has been there from the day the church was born. Glory to God. And so it's important not just to attend a service, but to identify with that church family and to be known as a member in whatever way that that church identifies its members. So for us in Renaissance Assembly, the membership school is how you identify and become a part of the church. So if you've not done the membership school, I will encourage you um, to do so, to start in the next batch that will be kicking off soon. And um, for those that started, and maybe halfway you didn't um, complete it, and so you are not graduating today, please try again. Amen. Enroll for the next class and complete it. Praise the Lord. It's very important. Very, very important. In that sense, we now have a commitment to you as you have a commitment to us. I always use the example of children to explain. Um, apart from people that give birth naturally, the only way someone can be your child is that you have to adopt the person. Is that not so? So it's legal. So someone is legally your child either by birth or by adoption. Every child on the street is not your child. Praise God. You could assist them but you are solely responsible for your children. In a church family, it is the same thing. Being a member of a church is very important. I always say this way also, that someone cannot be called a football player if he does not have a team. When someone says, I play football, the next thing you're going to ask is, what team? Say, I'm not in any team. I'm in a solo team. <laughs> then you're not a footballer. Amen. So when you say you are a believer, the next question they'll ask is, which church? Amen. Are we together? Which church? And uh, if you've been mentioning Renaissance Assembly, then validate it. Amen. All right? Do the membership school and be part of it. Hallelujah. Today I'd like to remind us, for those of us here, about the word God spoke to us this month. Let's open our scriptures. I'll be speaking from 2 John chapter 1, verse 8, but I'll just back up a bit. But let's first read that scripture, 2 John. The book of 2 John has only one chapter, and I just want to read verse 8. I'd like us to read it together. I want to go. Look to yourselves that we lose not those things which we have wrought, but that we receive a full reward. 
I'd like to read it in the New King James Version because I want the word wrath to be explained. Let's read together again. One to go. Look to yourselves that we do not lose those things we worked for, but that we receive a full reward. Hallelujah. Everybody say a full reward. If the scriptures talk about a full reward, it means it can be half. Hallelujah. And this scripture makes us understand that it is our responsibility to have a full reward. For some of you that might not have been here in the previous messages, I'll just back up a bit. Jesus spoke about a reward system that exists in the kingdom of God. A lot of believers have been taught about gifts from God, but a lot of believers have not been taught about God's reward system. The idea of gifts and rewards, they all come from God. Hallelujah. The scriptures tell us that the gifts and calling of God are without repentance. And it lists out in scripture what gifts are. For example, we're told that salvation is a gift. Or eternal life is a gift from God. We're told that righteousness is a gift from God. That means nobody can earn it. Jesus paid for it. Jesus decided to give it. Hallelujah. And our job is to receive it. We're told the Holy Spirit is a gift from God to the believer. Hallelujah. And so our duty is to receive him as a gift. We don't end the Holy Spirit by the number of attendances we had in church. We don't end righteousness by how we served in the church. Neither do we end eternal life. They are gifts from God. By believing, you receive. Amen. But the scriptures also teach that there are rewards that come from God. That means there are certain things that are earned. Hallelujah. Are we together? I will just go to the end. In Revelation 22, verse 12, Jesus was speaking, and he didn't say, I like to read, put this, read the scripture. Let's, let's read together. I want to go. And behold, I come quickly, Jesus was saying, and my reward is with me to give every man according as his work shall be. Jesus didn't say, my gift is with me. When Jesus came the first time, hallelujah, died and resurrected, he gave gifts to men. When he comes again, he's coming with rewards. Amen. Did you get that? When Jesus died and rose again, he gave gifts to men. But when he returns, and he will return soon, he is coming with rewards, not gifts. Rewards. That means there's an era of gifts, which is also known as the era of grace. But when he returns, he's not coming to give gifts. He's coming with rewards. Why? Because the rewards are God's compensation for what we did with the gifts he gave to us. Hallelujah. Am I communicating? So when Jesus is coming, 
He said, I'm coming and my reward is with me. Now, I said there is a reward system in the kingdom of God. And a lot of believers have not understood it. So when believers are taught faith, faith helps us receive the gifts from God. But we need to also be taught faithfulness. Hallelujah. Faithfulness helps us to have rewards. Hallelujah. Are you with me? Now, it's important to know that Jesus was speaking about rewards from Matthew chapter 6. And um, he was talking about very important things that we should also give attention to today. He taught on fasting. He taught on prayer. He taught on giving. And he made a statement that um, we should never overlook. So I look at Matthew chapter 6 verse 4. Jesus was speaking. Um, just to back up, let me read it in context. So let's start from verse 3 uh, into 4. It says there, But when thou doest alms, alms are givings to someone that is in need. When thou doest alms, let not thy left hand know what thy right hand doeth, that thine alms may be in secret. Hallelujah. You know, there are different kinds of givings. I hope you know that. It's not all kind of giving that should be in secret. Amen. Are you listening to me? It's not all kind of giving. Someone say, yes, that's why when they said, uh, how many people want to give, uh, we want to build the church, I did not lift my hand because I want it to be in secret. No, it's because the money is small. It's not because you want it to be in secret. It's because the money is small. That's not what he's talking about. He's talking about giving to the needy. Giving to someone that is in need. What you might call welfare giving. He said, don't announce to the whole public, oh, I helped this person, I helped that person. He said, don't do that. He didn't say that about other kinds of givings. Take note of that. Now, so he says, that thine arms may be in secret. And thy father, which seeth in secret himself, shall what? Reward thee openly. Now, the amazing thing is that Jesus is talking about open rewards. Hallelujah. That means there's something about God displaying his rewards, making others around you see that he's rewarding you. Now, don't miss the point. He saw you take your action in secret, but he will not reward you in secret. He will reward you openly. And the Lord has spoken to us this month. That is our month of open rewards. Lift your hand and say, it's my month of open rewards. Glory to God. That's what it is. It's, it's a month of open rewards. It means that God will reward you and others will see it. Now, if it was just a flippant statement Jesus made, then he would not have repeated it again. But we read in verse 6, he makes a statement about open rewards again. Now he's talking about prayer. He says, but thou, let's read it together, I want to go. But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet. And when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy father which is in secret. And thy father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. A second time. Hallelujah. 
He's still talking about an open reward. And I explained to you that when he talked about open reward, we had to even look at the Greek words that were used just to be sure that it is not misinterpreted. What did he mean by open? He meant a reward that everyone can see, a displayed reward, a manifested reward. Hallelujah. Then what was the reward? What does he mean by a reward? He means a repayment, a payback, a compensation. So, if God is talking about giving you an open reward, he said, when you give alms, he will give you an open reward. He said, when you pray, he will give you an open reward. Hallelujah. It was not a flippant statement. In verse 18, again, Jesus said the same thing. Just in that same chapter, he mentioned it three times clearly. Let's read verse 18 together. That thou appear not unto men to fast but unto thy father which, see, which is in secret, and thy father which seeth in secret shall what? How many of you are expecting open rewards? Praise God. Now, but I want to just take it a little further. Now, he's explaining how we can have open rewards. And he, in his teaching, he tied it to giving, fasting, and praying. Hallelujah. Now, don't forget that Jesus was talking to people that were already doing those things. They were already fasting before Jesus came. They were already giving before Jesus came. They were already praying before he came. What was he correcting? He was correcting how they were doing it. Spiritual things sometimes are not just about knowing them. It's about knowing how to do them. Amen. So some people fast, but they're not fasting right. Some people pray, but they're not praying right. Some give, but they're not giving right. Some say, oh, they say this giving thing, I've been giving, but nothing's happening to me. Likely you're not giving right. And so if you look through scriptures, Jesus took time to teach on how to do these things. All through scripture. Even in the Old Testament, permit me to talk about fasting, because some of you have been fasting this, this, this month. Jesus, um, um, the scripture in Isaiah 58 was talking about fasting. If you study the whole chapter in Isaiah 58, he was teaching them on how to fast correctly. Because the Jews were fasting. But they were complaining that their fasting and the things that they expect to happen were not happening. So he corrected how they should fast. Hallelujah. The Spirit of God was correcting how they should fast. And one of the things he said to them, he said, when you are fasting, pay your workers. Amen. <laughs> Amen. That means that let your fast not harm another person. Amen. Are we together? Not because you're fasting, you know, somebody that's not fasting will now suffer. Amen. And they say, no, 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 don't do that. He said, lose the bands. Don't, don't put others in bondage because you're fasting. Maybe we should look at that to help somebody that is fasting or planning to fast. And you should fast. Amen. Amen. Fasting is transtestament. Old and new. There is fasting in the Old Testament, we fast in the new. Amen. Fasting has not passed, just as tight has not passed. Amen. Isaiah 58. Let me just read it to you. Um, let's start from verse 1. It will help us. Cry aloud, spare not, lift up thy voice like a trumpet, and show my people their transgression, and the house of Jacob their sins. Now, yet they seek me daily, and delight to know my ways, as a nation that did righteousness, and forsook not the ordinance of their God. 
They ask of me the ordinances of justice, and they take delight in approaching to God. Now we're entering the call. He says, wherefore have we fasted? Now the people are the ones asking, say they, and thou seest not. That means ah, we're fasting, God is not seeing it. Why, why have we fasted and God is not seeing it? And if you are there, the answer is here. Amen. <laughs> he now said, have we afflicted our soul, and thou takest no knowledge? People are, you know, there are some people that have issues with God. Say, so, Lord, I have a problem with you. We have to sort this thing out. Amen. And these people had issues with God. Hallelujah. He said, have we afflicted our soul, and thou takest no knowledge? Now, the next part is God responding. All right? Sometimes, because they're in one verse, you won't know that two different people are talking. Amen. The first part is what they said. The second part from behold is God's response. Amen. So he said, behold, in the day of your fasts, the first problem is that ye find pleasure. Amen. That means the aim of a fast is that you are not looking for pleasure. You are separating yourself from every pleasure. Hallelujah. That's the essence of the fast. So he said, but the problem is that in the day of your fast, you find pleasure. You are not eating, but you watch 10 home videos that day. Amen. Are you listening to me? Okay, let's, let's maybe don't. But some of you, okay, okay, you, you, you didn't eat throughout that day, but you played more games that day than any other day. You know, when I heard that some full-blown taxable adults play Mortal Kombat. <laughs> Amen. You know, well, uh, praise the Lord. No, there's no condemnation. Amen. All right, so, in the day of your fast, you find pleasure. Then he said, and exact all your labors. That means you go about your work in a normal way. Um, permit me, let's read this in the Amplified Version before we get to verse 4. Isaiah 58, verse 3. Is this going to help somebody? All right. I didn't intend to go here, but it just came. So, why have we fasted, they say, and you do not see it? Why have we afflicted our souls and you take no knowledge of it? Behold, O Israel, on the day of your fast, when you should be grieving for your sins, you find profit in your business. Are you seeing that? And instead of stopping all work, as the law implies you and your workmen should do, you extort from your hired servants a full amount of labor. Are you getting it? Well, I'm just showing you that I was talking about work. So go back to the King James. He said, you, you find, you ex, you, in the day of your fast, you find pleasure and exact all your labors. Now verse 4. I think that's the one that brought me here. He said, behold, ye fast for strife and debate and to smite with the feast of wickedness. What does it mean by fast for strife and debate? So you tell somebody, do you know I'm fasting? It's up to it's 2 o'clock, I've not eaten. <laughs> 2 o'clock, it's 2, two o'clock, I've not eaten. <laughs> that's how the last time too, I fasted till 3. <laughs> he said, that's what you're fasting for. You're fasting for strife and debate. That's not why you should fast. So he's correcting how to fast. Hallelujah. And to smite with the feast of wickedness. Then he says, ye shall not fast as ye do this day to make your voice to be heard on high. Hallelujah. If you want the fast to register, hallelujah, don't do it that way. Did you get that? Maybe just add one or two scriptures. Verse 5 again. Then he says, Is it such a fast that I have chosen, a day for a man to afflict his soul? 
Is it to bow down his head as a bulrush and to spread sackcloth and ashes under him? Now, those are the outward things they do. He said, will that call this a fast and an acceptable day to the Lord? Next verse. He now says, is, this, is not this the fast that I've chosen? So he's now explaining. To lose the bands of wickedness, to undo heavy burdens, and to let the oppressed go free, and that every yoke, and that you break every yoke. Leave this verse 6. Amplify it for me so you see what, and then you'll be able to see how to correct some things in your fast. Amen. Amplified of Isaiah 58. Now, rather, it's not this the fast that I've chosen to lose the bonds of wickedness. Now, some translations put it this way. If people have offended you, uh, not to do them back. Amen. Are you with me? Okay. Then it says, to undo the bands of the yoke and to let the oppressed go free and that you break every enslaving yoke. Um, give me NLT, New Living Translation. I just want a more friendly thank you. Thank you. Let's read together. I want to go. No, this is the kind of fasting I want. Free those who are wrongly imprisoned. Amen. He's not talking about you as a soldier or a police person. You know, there are some of you that have imprisoned people in your heart. You have locked them and thrown the key away. Are you listening to me? He said, when you are fasting, release them. Amen. Release them. It's, an, it's a time to release them. You cannot be imprisoning people and say you're expecting the fast to have the impact it should have. Then he says, lighten the burden of those who work for you. Let the oppressed go free. Remove the chains that bind people. Amen. Now, the bottom line, how it translates to us today is that when you fast, let others not suffer because of your fast. You're a mother. You are fasting. <laughs> you are the only one fasting. If we are not fasting, give us food. Amen. Is that not so? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Say, well, since I'm not eating today, nobody will eat. <laughs> Glory to God. Or the Lord instructed you as the father of the house, fast and move your family forward. You involve everybody. But he spoke to only you. Amen. Am I communicating? Or you are a boss in the office. You are fasting. If the whole office is not fasting, don't deprive them of their lunch. Amen. <laughs> Glory to God. Amen. But what I'm trying to say is that God is saying that your fast should not inconvenience other people. Amen. It looks like a simple thing, but it's very important. All right? So back to what I was saying. So Jesus was teaching about giving, fasting, and prayer. And all he talked about, they were already doing those things. But he was correcting how it was it's supposed to be done or how they were doing it. If something was done and it wasn't done right, he was correcting it. And he was showing them the road, the path to have an open reward. And I believe that for everyone under the sound of my voice, God is showing you the paths to an open reward. Glory to God. All right? To an open reward. And this reward is based on our walk. Let's look at Hebrews 6 verse 10. In Hebrews 6.10, it says there, For God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love. Hallelujah. 
which you have showed towards his name, in that ye have ministered to the saints and do minister. Glory to God. That means that God will reward your work. Hallelujah. That's what it means by he will not forget. He is not unrighteous to forget your work. And I love this scripture so much because he didn't just talk your work as in that physical thing you did. He, he qualified the kind of work, your labor of love. Why is that important? Because our work, the quality of our work is what is rewarded. It's not necessarily the quantity of work. The quality of our work is what is rewarded. Paul was teaching about this, and he took time in 1 Corinthians 3 to teach them about how to labor in love. Hallelujah. Why was this consistent throughout the New Testament? They were taught not to do what they do with murmurings and disputings. Why? Because you will lose your reward. Hallelujah. You will lose your reward. You could be ushering for donkey years and you murmured all through. You could be serving in the music team for years, but you were murmuring all through. What do you expect? Hallelujah. What makes that love, that, that work, that labor, a quality labor is the love. Amen. Love. It's called a labor of love. Not a labor of bitterness. Not a labor of mourning, complaining, murmuring. So in 1 Corinthians 3, Paul was teaching them about labor and how we are going to be rewarded according to our labor. I'll pick up one verse, 1 Corinthians 3 verse 8, and then I'll show you something there. He said, now he that planted and he that watereth are one. And every man shall receive his own reward according to what? His own labor. The Bible didn't say he will receive reward. It said according to his own labor. So he will receive his own reward according to his own labor. Now, to prove to you that Paul was talking about something very serious, I'd like to read it down to where he started talking about how they shall be saved even by fire. Hallelujah. Let's look at verse 9. Then he says, For we are laborers together with God. Ye are God's husbandry. Ye are God's building. Keep going on. According to the grace of God which is given unto me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation another builder thereon, but let every man take heed let every man take heed how he builded thereupon. For other foundation can no man lay that up. I'm going to verse 14, which is Jesus Christ. Keep going. Good. Now, I want you to read this with me carefully. Let's read. One to go. Now, if any man build upon this foundation, gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble, every man's work, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire. And the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. Go back to verse 12. Why was he talking about gold, silver? He's talking about the different quality of work. Hallelujah. There are some works you present, and they are gold. There are some you present, and they are hay. Praise God. As good as grass. That's what it means. Amen. All right? Stubble. Something can easily be burnt off. But when you put gold through fire, 
it shines more. Hallelujah. So he's talking about the different quality of work. He said, now if any man build upon this foundation, if he brought gold upon it or silver upon it, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble, then he says in verse 13, every man's work includes your work. Say, my work is included. Shall be made manifest. Are you seeing that? Now, we might not all know what you are doing, but we will know one day. Amen. <laughs> yeah. If I'm pastoring and I'm not doing it well, you will know one day. Amen. You will still know. <laughs> Praise God. So if you are ushering, you are not ushering well. We might not know today, we might not know tomorrow, but we will know one day. Because every man's work shall be made manifest. I'd like us to read the New Living Translation of this scripture, verse 13. I love this. Let's read together. I want to go. But on the judgment day, fire will reveal what kind of work each builder has done. The fire will show if a person's work has any value. You can fool the pastor. You can fool your leader. But it won't be forever. Hallelujah. Because our works will be tried. Give me the message translation. Let's read together. I want to go. Eventually, there's going to be an inspection. If you use cheap or inferior materials, you'll be found out. The inspection will be thorough and rigorous. You won't get by with a thing. No, I'd like you to read it yourself. Want to go? What is he saying? Now, your salvation is a gift and it will never be taken back from you. But the rewards are a function of your work. Amen. The quality of your work. Some will say, well, when we get to heaven, we're all equal. It's not true. We're all not going to be, I'm not going to be equal with you in heaven. It's not true. I have worked. Hello. We are not going to be equal. Be offended is the truth. You think we're playing here? Amen. We're not playing. We are not going to be equal. We, listen, in the sight of God, he loves all of us the same. But our labor, our labor will separate us. Everybody is not going to receive the same reward. Amen. Are we together? So get that. Very clear. So he said, eventually there's going to be an inspection. If you use cheap or inferior materials, you'll be found out. The inspection will be thorough and rigorous. You won't get by with a thing. Still in this scripture, uh, this translation, go to verse 14. In verse 14, he now says, if your work passes inspection, fine. <laughs> amen. Are you seeing that? If your work, so ask your neighbor, this work you are doing, amen. Ask your neighbor, ask your neighbor, this, will it pass inspection? If your work passes inspection, fine. Praise God. That means that, hey, 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 hey. This is not talking about your salvation here. It's talking about your work. Praise God. 
You know, Paul made a statement one time. I believe it was when he was writing the Philippians, uh, to the Philippians. He said, some preach Christ out of envy and selfish ambition. You know, some people are preaching Christ to prove to somebody that they can also preach. He said, well, as long as Christ is preached, amen, I don't have a problem with it. I don't have a problem with it. But Paul knows very well <laughs> that at the end, the person would receive no reward. Amen. That means that there is something that makes our work have quality. Are we together? Let me just, um, that's not what I want to teach you today, but let me mention something to you. Everybody say motive. Say it again, motive. When you get born again, that's the greatest thing you keep working on every day of your life. You never outgrow adjusting your motives. Amen? You never outgrow that. Your motive can make your good work not have any quality. Why are you doing what you are doing? Now, do you know somebody can even receive Christ with the wrong motive? It doesn't mean he's not saved. But if he doesn't allow God's word to correct the motive, he will be robbing himself of God's best. Oh, you joined the team. Why did you join the team? You want to serve in this? Why do you want to serve in that capacity? Why? When your motive doesn't line up with God's motive for that, then something is not right. Hallelujah. All right. So, um, go back to, where was I now? Um, verse 14. Um, thank you. I won't read it. Give me 14 in King James. Let me just, there's another translation. Good. If any man's work abide, let's read together, I want to go. If any man's work abide, which he had built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. Hallelujah. How many of you want to receive a reward? Amen. If any man's work abide, amplify this for me, please. Let's read the amplified version. Want to go? If the work which any person has built on this foundation, any product of his efforts, whatever, survives this test, he will get his reward. You know, in the early days when I started preaching the gospel, I observed that there are some things that happen when we preach the gospel, which is gifting. And I didn't know any better at that time. So sometimes people will invite me for a meeting and uh, they want to see what they call raw power. You understand that? <laughs> raw power. So sometimes they will say, we don't even want you to teach. Just show us raw power. But the more I sought the face of God and prayed, I found out that it's not about raw power. Ministry is not about raw power. Ministry is about doing the bidding of the master. If you go to a place and God says, tell them good morning and go. If you say good morning and say another thing, you did not do what he asked you to do. I began to see in scripture that Jesus told his disciples, he said, when you go, greet no man 
Greet no man. That means that if they go and start greeting everybody because they want to be polite, they've missed the point. Are you understanding me? So, preaching the gospel is not about getting somebody excited. It's about delivering the message that God gave you for the hour. Are you listening to me? So, I, I started learning to do that. And one of the shockers I had one, one, one time, something happened to me that really made me know that it was not about the shouting and the preaching, amen. It's just about doing what the Spirit of God wants you to do. Uh, this would have been maybe um, sometime in 1998. We had a service, you know, and um, I was to teach on 1 Corinthians 12, verse 1. We're talking about spiritual gifts, concerning spiritual gifts. That's what I was teaching on. So that day, I was ill. And um, they took me to um, a dispensary. You understand that? Health center, I was there. And they put all them drips and all those things on me, you know. And I had service in the evening. So I said, <laughs> I told the nurse, I said, I have service today. She said, you're talking service. You cannot go anywhere. Just relax, just rest, just rest. So I think they gave me some objections or so. I slept. The next time I woke up, it was like 3 or 4 p.m. When I woke up, service to start by 6. I, I normally would be there like 5.30. So I woke up, saw the time. I looked around. Nobody was there. I removed all the things. You understand? I removed everything. And uh, I was trying to calm down fast. But my body was not responding the way it was in my heart. Has that happened to you before? Now, it happens to me more in food. Before I eat the food, I would, like, <laughs> I would take it from the left. I'll take it from the right. I'll take it from the top. Then when you start eating, your stomach will tell you you can't. The way your heart is telling you about the food is not agreeing with what your stomach is. Are you understanding me? So my stomach is always disappointing me. So, you know, uh, that's my experience now. All right, so <laughs> the way I wanted to jump down was not the way my body was responding. So I just quietly came down. And I believe that, you know, as it happened to Peter, where he went through the first gate and through the second gate, an angel was leading him, and they didn't see him. I believe that was, it was happening to me because I don't know how nobody saw me. I came because I was not walking fast. I was just walking slowly like this. <laughs> I was just walking slowly like that. Walking slowly. I could hardly move. I walked out of the uh, place where they kept me, walked through even um, where they're supposed to have like a reception. Nobody was there. Walked out, walked out, walked. Even if somebody came 10 minutes later and raised the alarm, they would have still caught me because of how slow I was walking. I walked all the way, walked until I got to my room. When I arrived, I changed and got ready for service. So I came for service that day. I could barely stand. So when I came, praise the Lord! I said, hallelujah. I was leaning on the pulpit. And that was the first time in my life, 1998, that year, that I preached standing in one place. I've never done it before. Ask those where we used to preach. If I didn't reach that place and reach here, service is not complete. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Are you understanding me? But I stood in one spot. And I was teaching from 1 Corinthians 12. 
and I thought and thought, and I didn't have energy for anything extra. So I just stayed with the script. Just thought exactly what the Lord had asked me to teach, everything. Then I said, if you want to receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, we had the highest number of people receive Christ that day. It had never happened. I was wondering, what did I say? And some of those folks are still in the faith today. And then people receive Christ, and I learned something new that day. Follow the script. Amen. So I come to a place, they say, um, so, you know, sometimes the way they're even introducing the minister is they're telling you what they want. You understand that? They say, he's a man of God with an anointing that makes people fall under the power. He's a man of God. Are you understanding me? <laughs> that means that they want people to fall under the power today. But that's not what the Lord might have told you. Are you understanding me? If I say, teach today. I went somewhere one time and the Lord told me, lead these people in worship. I said, I'm not a worship leader. You know? So I came, I raised the first song. I raised the second song. And we started worshiping. And I talked to Elizabeth about worship and we continued worshiping. Then people started getting healed. Amen. And that's how it happened. I didn't preach. But that was instruction given. Amen. So what is rewarded is what you were asked to do. Amen. Am I communicating? Glory to God. But so we go back to my scripture, 2 John chapter 1, verse 8. Now, what does this scripture say? It says, look to yourselves that we lose not those things which we, New King James, please, which we have worked for, but that we receive a full reward. Did you see that? That means that you can have a reward, but it's incomplete. Praise God. Are we together? It's incomplete. A full reward. Now, if we read it in context from verse 1 down, he's not just talking about He's talking about that you have the reward here and you have the reward there. He's talking about the fact that, you know, sometimes um, people can say, well done. And that's a reward. Are you understanding me? That gratitude people show to you is a reward. And then they said, well done to you on earth, but God is not saying well done on the other side. Are you with me? Amen. There are things that we do. It's just like what Jesus was correcting with the, with the Pharisees. They are applauded of men. The Pharisees will come to public places and pray. And people say, that guy can pray. He say, they have their reward. Amen. But on the other side, they are not rewarded. That means there are things that men might applaud that God is not commending. There are things that men might applaud God is not commending them. I prefer God's commendation to the applaud of men. Amen. And sometimes people get that twisted because they say, you know, I'm not doing this for anybody. I'm doing it for, <laughs> you know. And then they, what they're saying, they're still doing it wrong. Go. Are you understanding me? They say, stand here. I say, I don't like standing here. 
Absalom. I'm not doing it for anybody. You cannot be in this church, for example, if you are a member of this church. It's what God told me to do, amen, that we are doing. Amen. Are you getting it? No, you know, sometimes people get offended by those kind of things, but you know, a statement is true. It's just like I tell you, you are a man. Even if you look like a woman. Are you and I say you are a man, you are now offended. Is that not the truth? You're only a man that is behaving like a woman. You are a man. Amen. So, when instructions are given, sometimes, even as a, a, a believer, let's just, there are instructions that the Spirit of God gives to you that if you were asked to choose, you would not have liked it. Amen. Am I communicating? You would not have liked it. So, some, I don't know this gospel that some people hear that makes it look like God is just your G. <laughs> Anyhow you like it, man, God doesn't care. God doesn't, it doesn't matter. <laughs> That's a lie. It can never be true. God is God all by himself. Amen. Are we together? God can instruct you to do things that you would not have loved to do. Are you hearing me? Yeah, he can. He can instruct you. There are times, okay, there are times where you wake up in the morning. Let's use something simple as that. You wake up in the morning. You feel like watching uh, maybe it's a holiday, maybe it's a Saturday morning. You want to watch a program, and the Spirit of God is telling you to pray. Amen? Or read your Bible. And that's, you don't feel like reading your Bible, but it's instructing you to read your Bible. Hello? So in that way also, God can instruct you to do something that you might not like. And the reason why you don't like it is because you don't even understand Hallelujah. Before I started pastoring, I never wanted to be a pastor. I didn't mind any other office in the body of Christ apart from pastor. Give me all minus pastor. Are you understanding what I'm saying? So, but I am pastoring. Glory to God. What about this woman here? She didn't want to marry a pastor. She didn't want to marry a pastor. Personal reasons. No, I don't want to marry a pastor. That doesn't mean that when I met her, I told her, no, I will not be a pastor. No. Is I'm a pastor. <laughs> and the pastor is all I will be. <laughs> Amen. I'm not changing anything. Now, she had to deal with that on her own. Am I communicating? So the point I'm making is that don't assume that God cannot lead you to do what you don't like. If something like that is happening, then in your time of prayer, God will help you to, to see what he's seeing. Glory to God. Some of you don't like portacos. I know what you like, Los Angeles. <laughs> Amen. But the Lord is saying, 
stay in Port Harcourt. I have much work for you in Port Harcourt. I enter here, it is oh God. This is not your voice. <laughs> it cannot be your voice. Amen. But he's saying, stay in Port Harcourt. Are you with me? I believe that Abraham did not want to leave his country. He did not want to leave his, you know, he seemed to be very connected. If you see all of them were connected, they were even intermarrying. Connected. If you even trace back, Isaac's wife, Rebecca, is his, they are from the same family. Amen. He went back there to marry. You know those kind of family, family, say, yeah, my brother, you know, they're poor like that, you know. They're poor, they even come to church, just say, where are you from? He say, you're from where? And what does they say? How does they say, are you Omo Yoruban? Huh? Shomo Yorubani. Say, hey, you're just happy. Ah! You understand that? You understand that? You just be asking. They're poor like that. They're just like, you know. So I feel Abraham was like that. And then God said, get out of your, you know, the word is get out of. Get out of your country. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Out of your kindred. There are some of you, there needs to be a getting out. To a land I will show thee. Put it up so they will see. There was a... Now the Lord has said unto Genesis 12, 1, I just want to be sure. 12, 1. You see it? Now the Lord has said, get thee out. Amen. That means it was not a suggestion. Amen. Did you get that? Learn to follow instructions. Instructions of the Spirit. And not always stay with what you always want. Now, how do we receive that full reward? Hallelujah. How do we receive that full reward? He used the language. You can go back to 2 John 1, 8. He said, look to yourselves. That means that it is within you. It is within you. Receiving the full reward is not something outside of you. It is within you. Say, look to yourself that we lose not what we have worked for. New King James Version. But that we may receive a full reward. Now, the Bible tells us that our service, whatever we do in the kingdom, has benefits while we are on earth and has benefits over on the other side. Do you agree with me? 1 Timothy 4.8. Bodiless life profited little, but godliness is profitable unto all things, for all things, sorry, having promise of the life that now is. That means that you will benefit from your labor of love now. Amen? And that which is to come, and the time to come. Amen? And you benefit on the other side. So the full reward is that you benefit here and you benefit there. Glory to God. But in anything today, I want you to learn something. Whatever adjustments you need to make, make sure your motives are right. In your service in the kingdom of God. As you serve. It could be a little assignment you were given to do. That's why, you know, I was talking to some brothers some time ago, and I said, they gave them something to do. And it was just a simple thing, maybe, you know, some people think that 
there is spiritual work in the church of God, and there is work in the church of God that is not spiritual. So if they say, come and pray for these people, you say that's spiritual work. They say, go and uh, cut grass, you say it's not spiritual work. There's nothing in the church that is not a spiritual work. Did you hear me? There's nothing. Nothing. The work he's doing now, this cameraman, is spiritual work. Amen? It's spiritual work. Because it is connected to the kingdom. So it's left for the man to understand and do it that way. Glory to God. Are we together? He said, oh, they just told us to, to paint the wall, you know, to paint the wall. Ah, this, this wall, I'm just painting it anyhow, you understand? <laughs> no, 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 no. Don't do it that way. The motive must be right. Glory to God. And how do you align your motive? Prayer. Everybody say prayer. prayer. Say it again, prayer. prayer. It's in the place of prayer you correct your heart. So you are praying before you come to the work, or you are going to be ushering, whatever you're doing, you spend time, you say, Father, are you commit what you're about to do. In those places, your motives will be straightened out. Some people never pray about their work, just as some people never pray about their offering. Because they didn't even know they would give offering until they came to church. Then when they say, well, let's give our offerings, they start doing like this. <laughs> just look for the, the, something and just drop. No, no, no. An offering is part of your worship to God. Amen. That means even before you came, you've prayed about it. You've prayed about it. It's not something you just dropped. You prayed about it. Never give an offering you didn't pray about. Are you listening to me? You pray about it. Amen. So in the same way also, your work in the house of God, you pray about it. I know some of you will pray next Sunday, right? Because you didn't pray today. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Glory to God. All right. You pray about it. Oh, I'm going to be ushering today. The same way the pastor will pray about the message he's going to preach. You also, the usher, we pray. Amen. That's how we receive full reward. Amen. That's how we receive full reward. My prayer for everyone here is that you won't be receiving in parts. You will receive a full reward. It's an open reward, but it is complete. Amen. And in this month, it might have shown for others, it will also show for you. Yeah. Say, it's my month of open reward. There are two things we must understand in the kingdom of God. One is our confession, and the second is amen. Now, if you don't understand these two things, you will miss out a lot. If you are not saying that this month is my month of open rewards, it will not be your month of open rewards. Hello? Say it again. This month, this month. is my month for open rewards. Glory to God. So you keep saying it. You keep saying it. That means that the things that will show up in your life, everybody will see it. Now you cannot be saying it's my month for open rewards and not align yourself to what you are saying. 
And we've said that everyone this month, every day of this month, ensure that you are either praying, giving, or fasting. Amen. Because Jesus taught. He said, by their givings, they will have open rewards, the arms. Then he said, by fastings, they had open rewards. Then he said, by their prayers, they had open rewards. And we've said this month, yield yourself to these things. Amen. If you are saying open reward, open reward, I think it was yesterday or so I was saying this. I can't remember. I was, it was a small, in this morning meeting, I was talking to a group of people, and I said, if somebody did not write jam and result comes out, he's going to check his results. What will you call him? What will you call him? The Igbo language will be best to describe him. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Igbo language will be best to use. Yes, Anna? Now, jam result comes out. He did not write jam. They say, ah, result has come out. He say, hey, thank God. <laughs> then, in, in, you know, these days, I, I don't know how they check the result online. Okay. But those days where they used to go and check, he, he's going to check. He's going to the notice board to check. He's going there looking for his name. I said, ah, my name is not here. They said, did you write? Say no. Ah, is your head correct? <laughs> you cannot go and be checking. That's how some of you shout, open reward, open reward. You are not praying. Open reward, open reward. You are not fasting. Open reward, open reward. You are not giving. You are like the man that is going to check jam results where he did not write jam. Amen. So if you've not joined the open reward team, join it today. Amen. Give yourself to prayer. Give yourself to fasting. Give yourself to givings. Hallelujah. And see the manifestations of open rewards in your life. You cannot expect what God said when you did not do what he said. Are you understanding me? How? There's a way to be born again. You cannot choose your own way. Amen. They, know, um, they said I should pray. I should believe in my heart and confess. No, I, I don't like that style. I don't like that style. I don't like believing in my heart and confessing. My, I, I just, me, I want. I, <laughs> it doesn't work that way. I know that in this house, many will share that testimony of open reward. So I said the first thing is your confession. Be saying it. This month is my month of open rewards. Even somebody that is not a member of the church will hear you in the office, hear your neighbor talking about open reward. Say, what is that? He say, ah, this month is open reward. Are you with me? Then the second thing is Amen. Amen is agreeing. So be it. So be it. It means that that which is said, so be it. It's deeper than that. It also means that it is true to me also. Are you understanding me? So you say, they, say, they, they say something. Say, that thing they said is true to me. That's what amen means. 
And most of all, amen is the name of Jesus. Amen. Are we together? How many of you know that? His name is amen. Go and study the book of Revelation. So when you say amen, some people never talk in church. They just be nodding their head. Are you a gamma lizard? Amen. Christianity is a great confession. Amen. We talk. We talk to live. We talk to win. Our fight is with our mouths. Are you hearing me? In Christ Jesus, our fight is with our mouth. So a Christian that does not talk, at least he's not dumb, but he has refused to talk, there's a problem. Praise God. So this month is your month of open rewards. Amen. Are you still nodding? The way you are nodding, if the Lord now says, don't worry, you'll be talking again, you'll just be nodding. Will you like it? <laughs> amen. So learn to say amen. Learn to receive. A couple spoke to me one time. They said, Pastor, the greatest thing you've taught us is how to receive. Because a lot of people don't know how to receive. They think that if they just come to church, you know, some people just say, let the pastor pray for me. He shall let him walk into the crowd and touch my head. This is my head. They need to touch it. Then I will know that, we know that, we know that God, God, God is, is on my case. Because they have a specific way they want God to touch them. And look through the Bible. When people have that specific way, God might not move that way. Hallelujah. Remember Naaman, the Syrian captain? He went to meet the prophet. And he expected the prophet to say, okay, turn around now. Okay, now do like this now. The man didn't even come out to see him. If Pastor D.B. did that, someone would say, I said it, that short man is rude. <laughs> I said it. Imagine if he was a little taller. What would have happened? That's what somebody would say. But nobody would have thought of it as the leading of the Spirit. Amen. The prophet said, tell him to go and dip in the pool seven times. Maybe I just say, uh, tell the guy to go to Rumeme River <laughs> and dip himself seven times. Say insult. Insult. He didn't even come out to greet me. <laughs> even the people we came out to greet, <laughs> they were angry that we didn't greet them well. <laughs> We came out to greet them. They are angry. They didn't greet them well. Amen. Then Nehemiah, um, the prophet didn't come out to greet him. They go and dip. He had his own method. The man was packing his things to leave back with his leprosy. Who has the leprosy? Are you not the one with the leprosy? Do I have leprosy? Go now. Keep your leprosy. It was that little girl. May you have a little girl that will talk sense to your head. A little girl around him that says, Sir, sir, we have clean leprosy tire. We don't want to continue. <laughs> sir, if he had told you to do a hard thing, would you have not done would you have you would have done it? What is that one to go and deep? Just, uh. I'm sure maybe the girl had never talked to him like that before. Just look at the guy. He's a general. A general with leprosy. 
And then because of that little girl, he obeyed and went to the pool. I could imagine him dipping the first time. Say, I have suffered in this life. <laughs> Look at what prophet is doing to me. He dipped the second time. Come on. If this leprosy does not go, hey, I will lock up the whole. <laughs> he dipped the third time. Fourth time, fifth time, sixth time. What if he has stopped at five? He will not have the full reward. Now, the word from God to you, don't stop at five. Don't stop at five. Don't even stop at six. There's a full reward. There's a full reward. What if he has stopped after the sixth one? He said, I'm not doing it again. What kind of embarrassment is this? But he dipped the seventh time. And when he came out, the Bible said that his skin was like that of a baby. He was cleansed, completely whole. Are you with me? Completely whole. And I know that this year there is wholeness for you. There is completeness for you. There is wholeness. But I found out that wholeness is inside of the instruction. And he came out cleansed. And many here will come out cleansed. Amen. There are people that don't have physical leprosy, but their finances are leprous. And through the instructions of the Spirit that have come to you, you'll be cleansed. Amen. There are those that, they, they, theirs is about their career. Their career has caused men to be separated from them. You'll be cleansed. Yeah. Cleansed. In the instructions. It's not every instruction you'll be given that you will like. I go back there. Naaman did not like the instruction. But the instruction was the only, the way out. Are you listening to me? we should pray to fast. I don't like the instruction. Just do it. Amen. You will like what will come out of it. Amen. Am I communicating? Fast. Pray. Give. And you will like the outcome. You might not have liked the instruction but you will like the outcome. A certain man of God used to come to a place and shout. The Lord told him to come to a place and shout. I can't remember whether it was hallelujah five times or seven times. He came to the corner of the street and shouted, hallelujah, 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 seven times. And went back. Even he said, Lord, I don't understand though. He went back. Day one passed, day two passed, day three passed. Nothing happened. That year even finished, nothing happened. Years later, a man was looking for a church to be part of. This brother had gone on in life. That's the person that shouted hallelujah. He has been doing ministry. Forgot even about that shout he shouted that day. He just take it as one of the early madness of ministry. You understand that? You know, everybody has their early madness story. Amen. 
<laughs> you know, early madness of ministry, you know? And first his life, until the man came and met him and said, uh, I am going to be in this church. Why? He said, okay, I have known you since. So, so when do you know me? <laughs> I said, one day I was passing on the road. I saw a man stand on the road and shout hallelujah seven times. I said, if somebody is crazy enough like this to serve God, that's the kind of man I want to follow. How does that connect? Hello? Are you listening to me? When he was shouting the hallelujah, he looked foolish. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. So why did you shout the hallelujah now? Say, I don't know. You don't have to know everything. Let me tell you, anyway, you don't have to know everything. Somebody was advising somebody, say, said, you know, when you follow God, follow God with sense. <laughs> I said, it depends on what you're talking about. It depends on what you're talking about. We don't follow God with sense. We follow him with faith. Amen. And there is sense in faith. But we follow him in faith. The sense in faith is not human sense. It's scriptural sense. Are you listening to me? So we follow God in faith. You are calculating. Sometimes some people have calculated themselves out of the plan of God. Amen. My prayer for every one of you is that you will enjoy that open reward and you will have a full reward. In the name of Jesus Christ. Lift your right hand toward heaven and say, I receive a full reward for my labors. I align myself to labor with the right motives. From henceforth, I align my heart to walk in love and to serve in love. June is my month of open reward. In Jesus' name. And let people say loud, amen. amen. Celebrate Jesus everywhere. Glory to God. Rewards belong to believers in Christ. God is not giving rewards to people that are not his children. Amen. What he has given and made available to the whole world, including those that are not his children, are the gifts. Amen. The gift of salvation. And any man that will receive that gift will now qualify for a reward. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message. If you have been blessed, you can reach us by email on info at faith to